Hello and welcome to the Pleasure Collective podcast. This podcast will help you to create a desire-driven, pleasure-led life, uncover the absolute gold that exists in your motherhood experience, and create synergy in blending motherhood and business. I'm your host, Regan Fig, wife and mama to three little wildlings, author of A Mother's Pleasure, and coach and mentor to women who want to create what they desire with pleasure. I'm honored to have you invest your time, energy, and attention in listening into the podcast. And I acknowledge the custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wadi Wadi people of Darawa land. Now let's dive in. Hello and welcome back. I am so excited to dive into the next chapter with you. I decided to get out of my house where there was high chance of noise, jump in my car, drive up the bush a little bit. So I am currently in like a dirt car park where people kind of would park to then go bushwalking, just sitting in my car like a bit of a weirdo. So I hope you do appreciate the sound quality. It's actually so beautiful to sit up here. I knew it would be nice. I wanted to, you know, offer you this audiobook from a place of pleasure because that's what I like to do. And also that's the energy of the book, obviously. And I think it would be out of integrity for me to do it in a way that is not pleasurable. So this is your reminder to get yourself sorted with something that would feel pleasurable for you right now. Some kind of an experience. Maybe you need to put some warm, cozy, fluffy slippers on, or maybe you are going to run a bath and light a candle. Maybe you are going to sit outside in the sunshine with a nice bit of cake. Whatever it is, this is your reminder to, if you haven't already, pause this episode and set yourself up with something pleasurable. When I do this, I like to consider my senses, and we'll touch more on senses and sensuality later in the book. So what I'm inviting you to do is consider what would be pleasurable to look at, to listen to. Clearly, I've sorted that one out for you, right? Maybe to taste, to touch, and to smell. So you don't have to tick off all five of those things. You might be just, you know, a couple of those. We've got the sound sorted. Maybe it's just something pretty to look at, like where I am. It's pleasurable here. Lots of greenery, lots of birds out and about, and some flowers. And so you might want to get yourself a nice vista to look at. You might just want to light a candle so that you've got something pleasurable to look at and to smell. You know, fill in the blank. Come up with a couple of things at least that will be pleasurable for your senses as you listen into this episode. And I will get on with the chapter for you. So chapter three, from maiden to mother. The one very effective way of keeping us in line with society's expectations of the perfect mother that has us policing ourselves and each other, even if unconsciously, is through shame. Even if we feel like shame and socialization have only had a slight imprint on us, It can be hard to advocate for ourselves and our pleasure in a culture where a woman becomes increasingly invisible the further she moves from maiden to mother. The deeper a woman descends into the realms of being seen by society as unsexy, unattractive and unglamorous, the more she experiences an internal sense of self-disgust and distrust. Recently, a friend of mine declared on her Instagram stories how grateful she was that she didn't have children. She'd had such a productive day in her business, felt so alive from the time she had for creative expression, 
was relishing in the freedom of moving through her day as she pleased and was appreciating how, after having a rose petal bubble bath, she could laze around on the couch in a towel for as long as she liked until she went to her exercise session that night, followed by dinner out with friends. I loved that she was relishing her life, even if it was hard not to feel jealous as I was dripping with three small children in a pandemic lockdown. But mostly it made me realize that she was aware of what we're speaking of in this chapter. My friend is aware of what her life is supposed to look like if she becomes a mother, because obviously she wouldn't be able to do all of those things. Perhaps she assumed she'd be a slave to her children and her home all day long, as our society continues to reinforce and remind us. She knows that as a mother, she couldn't be self-focused. Mothers aren't supposed to have time for creative expression, exercise, and lazing around in a towel as long as they like. But what if it didn't have to be that way? What if we had the tools, resources, and support required to have all of those things in our life, if that's what we desired? What if our children were watching us and learning a new idea of what it is to be a mother? Increasing your capacity. Another thing came to mind when my child-free friend was speaking on her Insta stories. She hadn't realized the ability we have to increase our capacity as mothers, something I hadn't realized before becoming a mother either. Before I became a mother, I just assumed that whatever energetic, emotional, physical, and intellectual skills and bandwidth I started out with, I was stuck with. I hadn't realized that it was possible to increase your capacity to hold emotion, to collapse time, to be more receptive, to feel more. For example, no longer do I require a 90-minute yoga session to feel a sense of peace, spaciousness, and connection to self. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't turn it down, but I can now find those things in two minutes of silence in the sunshine with a coffee. I can find those things in little moments, little pockets that I never even knew existed before I had children. I'm not just talking about being more efficient, although that's possible. I'm talking about increasing your capacity for awareness and receptivity. This goes for enjoyment and pleasure too. Rewriting the narrative. When our second son was almost two, Jake, my husband, and I were sitting around the fire on a Friday evening at the start of autumn. We'd just finished up a backyard barbecue. The boys were exploring the garden with a torch and the two of us were able to have a conversation without being interrupted for a good three to five minutes. Now we're able to achieve intimacy and connection in just a few minutes, instead of believing we require romantic weekends away or full evenings out. Again, I certainly wouldn't turn these down, but it's gratifying to know that we've been able to increase our capacity to be piercingly present and deeply connected when we have a few minutes to ourselves. We were considering not having any more children. Life was pretty good, and we were grateful to have two happy, healthy, ever-wild boys. Well, we conceived our third child that week. When I discovered we were pregnant, I spent the first 24 hours crying, grieving for the perceived time, money, attention, and energy that we were about to lose to another season of newborn baby life. It started to feel hopeless until I realized that I was subscribing to society's narratives and not my own, and reminded myself that I could choose my experience, that I could create a new narrative different from the one I had thought was the truth, like I'd done so many times before. So I began to find evidence for the reality I wanted to experience in my life. Surely there were other families with three children who were living in a way that I wanted to. And if it was possible for them, it was possible for us. Babies bring abundance. Before having children, did you feel like you were tired and didn't have any time? Were you conscious of your finances? Then after having a child, did you still manage to find time, space, energy and finances? 
things shift and transform and rearrange. I realized that I'd thought I had limited time, energy, money when we just had the one baby. And after we had our second, I was able to find pockets of time, space, and energy that I didn't know existed. I realized that it was possible to find or create more time, more energy, more money, more abundance, more connection, more of whatever I wanted. So whilst I was pregnant for the third time in four years, I decided that this baby would bring abundance and I would live in a state of overflow. Abundance of time, energy, space, money, support, whatever I wanted. And what's so crazy is that it has been our reality. To the extent that, in the middle of a pandemic, my husband got a new job the week our daughter was born and ended up doing that job from home for seven months, paid, until his organisation deemed it safe for their workers to return to site. Activity. Your desired reality. The point of this chapter is... You don't have to subscribe to a certain kind of motherhood or a certain kind of reality simply because of societal norms. You don't have to switch to a state of scarcity because the cultural narrative is that the more children you have, the more you lose. Time, money, space, energy, freedom. When you know about how we've been conditioned to live and what we've internalized as truth and how we've been socialized to fit into one particular narrative, you begin to realize that the prescribed reality is just one option, one possibility, out of an endless number of possibilities that can be true for you. I invite you to pull out your journal and consider the following prompts. 1. Think back to my maiden friend earlier in the chapter. When you reflect on your maiden life compared with your mother life, what comes up for you? Remembrance, appreciation, resentment, annoyance, jealousy, desire, humility? 2. Visualize yourself living like my maiden friend, following your desires and focusing on yourself, but also being a mother to children. Does it feel deplorable, unrealistic, not allowed, selfish, exciting, free? I invite you to write it all down without judgment. Here you'll begin to see the tip of the iceberg of your socialization. Later in the book, we'll discover the depths of that iceberg and explore how to melt away what isn't helpful in the chapter pleasure as a tool for self-discovery and liberation. Quote, you don't have to subscribe to a certain kind of motherhood or a certain kind of reality simply because of societal norms. All right, my love, before I wrap up this episode, listen in because I have an epic freebie coming in January. It's called The Motherload, and it's all about uncovering the absolute gold that already exists in your motherhood experience. It's a week-long journey live with me to strike gold in motherhood, not by getting lucky, not by trying harder or getting more organized, not by changing your children's behavior or your personal circumstances. We uncover the gold that's already there for you to feel alive and lighter and soothed and in total reverence of the riches in your life. It's completely free and you'll leave with tangible treasure finding skills and practical, simple strategies. Make sure you go to the show notes for the sign up link. Again, it's completely free and you're invited. It's been my pleasure to offer my book to you in a really accessible way. If you're loving the podcast and audiobook episodes, please do me a massive favor and share it with a friend or on your socials and leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. You can also order a have-in-your-hands copy from any good bookstores or your favorite book-selling online retailer. In pleasure. Bye for now. 